0: and welcome to a new episode of Speak of the Devils. I'm Sam St. Jean, alongside Dom Fusco and Sam Glavin. We are here for a real exciting episode, talking Super League, having on Eric Blos, and another exciting Dickinson-related uh, you know, debate going on in the final segment. So that should be fun. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm, uh, we're getting down to it in terms of uh, exams and stuff like that. I know Dom can't really relate because he took the semester off. Uh, but I know you got other stuff going on. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now.
2: I'm a man who does many things. Yeah, <laughs> do many things I got a lot of a lot of things up my sleeve yeah
0: awesome I mean I guess we can kind of jump into it we can talk about the league that began and died and died just as quick so uh so there was the the super league was proposed yeah. and I guess I'll ask you guys first what was your initial reaction to hearing super league
2: yeah so I'll start that off uh I when you brought up we could talk about Super League, I thought it was gonna—I thought it was some sort of video game or like <laughs> Rocket League or um, Super Smash Bros. Or like I'm—I'm—I'm I'm dead serious. I thought you meant some sort of like video game or or something something weird happening. Which something weird did happen, but it was just yeah. weird in a different form or a different you know sector. So. That was my initial reaction straight up. Yeah.
1: I, um, I do, I do follow the, uh, the realm of soccer every now and then, not as much as I used to um, probably cause I don't really play FIFA anymore on the Xbox, but it's um, it. I saw the news cause I still follow uh, all that stuff on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like Bleacher Report football and stuff like that. Um, and my initial reaction was why? Like they, it, I understood that at first that it was a, it was a money grab. Um, just totally because of that's just how that's the just the nature of sports business nowadays. But I thought that they were they were already just making so much money that they would actually try and consider like the fans' opinions in this. But it and even even when it first came out, everything was so ambiguous. Like take a team like Manchester United, were they going to leave the Prem? and join this league or were they going to try and stay in both or it was just, it was all very up in the air and it pissed the fans off to no end. I mean, it was just a swing and a miss by all these clubs trying to make some extra money. It was kind of hilarious.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely get, I mean, my initial reaction is I heard super league. I'm like, I, the, the name's cool at least. I mean, it, it must yeah. be a good, good idea and then you kind of read more into it and understand that this was literally a, a way for teams that weren't going to win the champions league to have another You know, chance at a Mm -hmm. Champions League, a different version of the Champions League. And it's kind of a slight to every other team and pretty much in contention for the Champions League just by saying, I can get into this just because I have a lot of money and you guys can't. And it's a without earning it way of doing it. And I know that's one of the big, you know, reasons for anger. That a lot of these clubs had, and you saw, you know, protests in front of at games. I know that was at the Liverpool game. I'm pretty sure they played Leeds, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so it, it definitely screws over the smaller teams for sure, and it gives them one. It takes it should they have been, you know, pushed aside from the Premier League, for example, it would wouldn't give teams like Leeds the chance to play a team like Liverpool. Like it just takes away their chance to compete at these, you know, famous stadiums. These really historic clubs it takes away yeah. those opportunities
1: i saw like yeah, the a, way i looked at go ahead. go ahead all right i was gonna say i, I saw a um yeah like a leaderboard on um bleacher report where it was if every team that like was gonna join the super league got kicked out of the prem who would be in the lead yeah. uh, with the prem and it was like wofford or, or not wofford it was um like West Ham or something like that. Like, it was some crazy, like, team that would never have a shot in hell at, like, winning at the Prem with all these big money teams and stuff. And it was it was, it was was kind of crazy. And I don't know what it would have done to the Prem if they actually all got to leave – if they all got kicked out.
2: Yeah, I was just saying it would be, like, um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, mm-hmm. USC, like, all the top teams – that have the most money in like college football because I couldn't really relate it to like any of the pro sports just because it is pretty it's hard to find like you know 12 really really good teams that are consistently really good but it's easier to do that in college so it would be like taking the NCAA top 10 or top 12 top 15 whatever Mm -hmm. it was and just completely starting just their own league and then that would eliminate a lot of the other schools who get a lot of money for going and getting even getting their butts kicked by Alabama or Ohio mm-hmm. State or Clemson, similar to that sense for people who don't understand like me who didn't understand it at first. That's kind of the way that I look at it.
1: Yeah, and the and it's, that's a fantastic comparison because all of those teams already run the table in the college football playoff. So exactly. it would be it, it's that's it, a phenomenal comparison. I didn't even think of it. Good good on you, Dom. Thanks, yeah, so, and one,
0: one of the actual other ideas too is some of these teams should they participate in that they their players would not be able to participate on the national level they wouldn't be able to play for their World Cup teams they wouldn't be able to do any of that which would just be an absolute screw you to your own players you know and it would kill the World of,
1: Cup but, yeah it would yeah, absolutely and, kill the World Cup
0: I mean the US might have a better chance I mean uh, yeah that's yeah. actually true but yeah, <laughs> keep a, I mean at least takes down a couple of the other countries if you're not just but you know mm-hmm it definitely wouldn't have been worth the price. And I think as someone who just started following soccer, like that would have really taken away my incentive to try and keep getting into it. Yeah.
1: It would have killed soccer for you. And that's much. pretty much like what would have happened if I, if, if I had stopped. I would have unfollowed like all the football or like the soccer stuff that I follow on Instagram and Twitter and be like, I don't need to see this anymore. Cause all the best teams are playing each other all the time now. So. Yeah, it just would have been just an awful situation. I don't know if it's totally full. Is it totally folded now, Sammy?
0: Well, so the first thing that happened that I saw, I believe it was, I want to say it was AC Milan that pulled out, and then it mm-hmm. was the pretty much all of the Premier League one yeah. after another. So I'm pretty sure they formally disbanded or at least postponed it. But there's you know the Premier League teams they're fans were added like abundantly clear about how how little they yeah. wanted to participate in this so um as far as i can tell it's it's over okay that's good yeah i guess that'll do it for us uh our pr- little uh soccer conversation that we don't really sneak into here very often and uh we'll move on to our interview with erica blows
2: healthy not boring that's not just the motto of crazier but it's also their promise to you Visit Grazery today and indulge on fresh Mediterranean inspired salads, sandwiches, and soups, among other great options on a menu that serves both breakfast and lunch. Eat in or take out, no reservation needed here. So hurry on down to 156 West High Street, just yards from campus, and enjoy a fresh and feel healthy meal today. Welcome
0: back for segment number two. Here to welcome on Wounds. Crosses is very on Erica Blos and the exciting thing is she was actually in a conversation with Dom early on about trying to come on the podcast so we finally get to make that happen very excited to uh, finally have you on and we'll just have you I think you're also the first a cross player we've had on so very exciting uh, milestones for the podcast and uh, so I guess we'll start just how's it going and we'll Good. talk to questions.
3: Honored to be here thanks for having me guys.
0: Absolutely. I guess we'll we'll start first with the milestone you hit yesterday, reaching 100 crude goals. I guess what was the moment like, and I guess how how would that journey you know finally sum up for you?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, it coming into the season, I knew that it was in reach, and we've had, I think it was four four games. Um, I knew it was coming up. I couldn't have done it obviously without my teammates. We've been working really hard as an attacking system to kind of get um, to get you know just work cohesively and work out the kinks together Um, we have a lot of great first years playing with us um, on attack which is awesome and our game against Muhlenberg yesterday kind of emphasized how well we work together we had so many different scores a lot of first career goals on top of the hundredth which was awesome um Gabby and Ashley um, two of our underclassmen put up their first career goals, which was really great. So there's milestones all over the board. Um, Lori Travellini also with her 100th ground ball in our Saturday game. So there's a lot to celebrate um, for our team.
1: Yeah. So um, I was just I, I was gonna ask you about um, the last two games that you guys played, but you kind of gave me that. So I'll just ask you how How do you feel like the season is going so far? Are there um, Are there ups or are there downs going uh, going on thus far? Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that?
3: Of course. Um, starting off with McDaniel we kind of think of it almost as a little bit of a scrimmage we were coming off only two practices playing together as a team because of the re-socialization period so um, we came into mcdaniel obviously with a brand new team um, to say the least we hadn't played together for an entire year but we were really excited to hit the ground running Um, we knew we had a lot to work on and i think in the last couple of games those were huge wins for us it was really exciting to see everything kind of put into play we finally were um, working together as an entire team. It wasn't just defense kind of holding the fort down for us and putting a full 60 minutes together was just a really great feeling. So really excited to come out on top um, by 10 goals and more, uh, both against Mehlenberg and Ersinus.
2: So I'll shift gears a little bit. Besides nagging me to come on the podcast uh, for the past couple of months, what kind of things did you do in preparation for the season, uh, you know, your time away from campus. uh, How was your time spent?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, As a captain, I think it's been really challenging trying to keep um, the camaraderie up there and to to make sure that the relationships off the field are still there. It's easy for our team to do because we're all, you know, a family, but um, it's been hard being away from one another in different states and different time zones. But um, once we got back to school, it felt like we never really left. We hit the ground running and have been working really, really hard. Um, we, Don, what was your question again? Sorry.
2: No, I just, uh, I just asked what kind of things, you know, you did in preparation for the yeah, season. Okay, you know, that. some things that you did all that off the, off the field internships, like anything you might've done outside yeah. of cross, or basically whatever you did outside of. Think yeah.
3: Lacrosse. Um, A lot of us have been working off campus. Um, My internship specifically was canceled in the summer because of COVID, but um, we've all kind of used that time to build our leadership skills and again kind of make sure that those relationships with one another were pretty concrete as we knew that the season could have not happened, but also there was potential for it to happen. So we wanted to be ready for that. Um, We, A lot of us were in Charleston. We had some people in Colorado. Um, Then we had some people not coming back at all. So it was just kind of a toss up of how we were gonna work together, but we knew we would make it work. And that's exactly what we did the second we, like I said, came back to school. It's like nothing really changed. And it's been really exciting to see everybody grow individually, but also work together in a matter of five games and minimal practices. Um, I think we look so, so good. And we have such a talented um, freshman class. So it's been really exciting to see them step up to the plate and work well with the seniors and the juniors. The sophomores also have done a phenomenal job being leaders while uh, the upperclassmen weren't on campus. So preparation has kind of been sporadic but it's all paying off and we've really seen that in our last two games which is great
0: awesome i guess i'll ask now i guess what your initial reaction was to finding out you were going to have a senior season
3: definitely shocking um while we like i said have been preparing um as seniors it was hard a little bit to stay motivated Um, while being off campus. We are all in kind of job mode trying to flash forward and look at what our life is going to be like after graduation, um, etc. But we, I think, yeah, like we, like I said before, we were pretty shocked, but it was a good shock. We were extremely emotional and excited to have the opportunity. It's such a privilege um, being back together. We missed each other so much and Playing the sport we love, we love one last time, um, was an incredible, and has been an incredible experience. So, yeah.
1: Good. Erica, what's your major?
3: <laughs> International business and management.
1: Gotcha. And then, so you you were talking a little bit about your internship and um, that it got canceled. So, what what's kind of the plan for uh, after after lacrosse is over and after you graduate?
3: Um. Yeah. So I really want to go into the entertainment industry. Um, Fingers crossed. I've had a couple interviews for NBC Sports and hopefully that will lead me in the right direction. I'll know as of next week. So whenever this is produced, like hopefully I'll either have the job or I won't. Um, But uh, as an international business management major, I've kind of just like kept the door open to endless possibilities, which is great. And I think Dickinson does a great job of preparing us for for that. I am kind of open to any location at this point. I think I'm just kind of gonna play the field and see where I can get in. Um, But NBC NBC Sports would be a phenomenal opportunity because obviously being an athlete has been a part of my identity since I can remember. And I wanna carry that with with me into my first career. So hopefully that works out. Um, If it doesn't, I'm just gonna work hard until something kind of figures itself out for, for me, so.
2: Yeah. Great. Yeah, Eric. It's a, to be an athlete is one thing, and then to be an overachieving athlete, a really good athlete, a great athlete, obviously takes you know great practice, great preparation. Um, you know, a lot of different things go into that, and you know, you've achieved something that not a lot of people achieve. You're a four-year starter, 100 goal scorer, um, all-conference player, things like that. What separated you? from the others how are you able to outwork everybody and you know achieve something that not a lot of people are able to do it's
3: a great question and i'm flattered dom <laughs> <laughs> um i would say honestly just the support from my coaches and my teammates like i said we're a huge family and um while i was all of that like you said i give so much more credit to everybody around me um they they bring out the best in me on and off the field as a person and as an athlete I wouldn't have been able to do what I what I do without them Um, my coaches are extremely supportive of everything I do and just having them back me up through life is is incredibly important to me and has set me up for all the opportunities um that I've had so big thank you and shout out to all of them Um, yeah no that's pretty much it my my teammates and my coaches are the ones to thank for that I, I end up you know, bringing on those milestones, but, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. And they're a really incredible group of people and I wouldn't trade them for the world. So thanks to them.
0: And Dom's coming out here with the hard hitting questions. questions, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but <laughs> I- I'll kind of follow it up. I, I hopefully in slightly, uh, you know, a slightly easier fashion. Um, I kind of want to ask about doing that within the conference, the Centennial conference, is incredibly competitive. You always have at least know two teams in the hunt of the top 10 i mean just like this year with franklin and marshall and gettysburg so what's it like to compete at such a high level in such a difficult conference
3: so the centennial conference definitely resembles what my high school conference was like Um, the fcac i played for greenwich high school and um, the two teams that were always amazing were new canaan and darian so i've always played against really really hard teams and had to play up to their level not that we are any less of a great um, lacrosse team than Gettysburg and are, but they are not they understand what it's like to be in the NCAA bracket every year and national champions so um, a lot of people would be intimidated but I think our team is really really good at understanding their tendencies and scouting them really well um, it's always a battle and I think while we do not always come away with the win, which we haven't while I've been at Dickinson, um, it's just it's great to see our team show up, show up and really prove people wrong. Um, we always put up a fight, like I said, especially um, in our most recent game against FNM. We were only down by one at the half, and that was our first time playing a really tough team um, as this as this new, new team struggling with not a lot of practice and, um, new talent showing up. So I think that was a really proud moment for me. And, um, having such a hard conference is just super inspiring and empowering. Um, you know, you see other conferences where you, you have one star team that beats every single team in their conference by 10, um, to 20. So, I think it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us working really hard, and it has made us all really, really dil- diligent, um, resilient students and athletes.
1: Yeah. So you kind of segued perfectly into my next question. I was going to ask you: you guys played. You guys know that you are competitive with teams like Gettysburg and FNM, and you were only down three to two um, <clears throat> to FNM at the half. So, what what's the key to success against? against FNM, what do you guys have to do to, to overcome that, uh, overcome that obstacle to beat them?
3: Yeah, they're just a really uh, gritty team. They know how to play in, in championship games against the best teams in the country. Um, so I give a lot of credit to our coaches for providing us with film and scout and other resources to really help us, um, you know, show them up and, produce against them on the offensive end but also um, our defense has done an incredible job defending some of the best attackers in the country um, to say the least and I think that game against FNM that was scheduled because of a COVID instance with another team and it kind of came out of the blue and the fact that we were um, down by one at the half really showed how talented we are and I think that was kind of the start of the climb and progressed us into those two big wins against our sinus and Muhlenberg. Um, But yeah, I would say a bunch, a lot of the credit goes to our coaches for that. Um, They give us the scout and then we practice really, really hard. Our defense mimics their defense and then our offense mimics their offense um, to help prepare each other and, we just really get in the mindset that we're about to play a really good team. And we're a really good team. We know we're a really good team. We have confidence in one another. And that kind of just pushes us forward.
2: Erica, when you look back at your time, either at, at Dickinson, either on the field or just as a student or at admissions, which I know you're involved in, or any of the other things that you did while at school, is there one or two singular moments or things that you're going to look back on when you leave Carlisle?
3: there's definitely a lot. Um, I, like you said, I was a tour guide. I was a student interviewer as well. Um, being a part of admissions has been an amazing experience. That's like a family in itself. And Dom, I know you know that well. Um, Michelle Fisher, shout out. She's the okay. best. I unfortunately, I haven't been able to see her this year because of um, COVID and I haven't been able to get over to admissions. But um, it's just a really inspiring group, group of people who are diverse and have incredible experience all over campus and also just in life, different perspectives. Um, there's a squirrel in my vent, if you guys can't hear that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, anyway, so definitely looking back, I, I, admissions is going to carry, the experience I've had with admissions is going to carry with me um, into the real world for sure. And then otherwise, um, trying to think, just making the relationships I've made with professors, um, professors like Professor Ritchie and Professor Riccio, they've done a phenomenal job preparing us for the real world, um, especially on the business side, just giving us great networking opportunities. It's really incredible how close-knit the student-faculty relationships are. So I'm really appreciative of those and I'm looking forward to talking to them as we move forward post-graduation and informing them of the decisions we make and the routes we go in life. So really thankful for those as well.
0: Awesome. I mean, that's it for me. Do you guys have anything else? I'm All good. All right. Thank you very much for coming on Erica. Really appreciate it and uh, good luck in your next game.
3: Thank you for having me Dom. Really appreciate it. I'll Venmo you later for having me on the show.
2: (laughs) Hey, no, I'm not taking not taking any no nothing illegal going on here.
3: Oh, I see. <laughs> Thank you guys.
2: Thank you. Complex is something no coach or athlete wants to deal with, which is why every team aims to keep schemes and execution simple so success is easy to achieve. That's the game plan used by Grazory right here in Carlisle. Simple ingredients that are fresh, healthy, and above all delicious. Healthy, not boring food that is not just good, but good for you made from only the healthiest and simplest ingredients. So come on in today and enjoy a great meal made simple at Grazery, located at 156 West High Street, Carlisle, Pennsylvania.
0: All right, back here for the final segment. Thank you to Eric Blows for coming on and taking the time to talk to us, but we got an exciting one. So last week, if you remember, we picked a coach that on campus that we thought that could compete at the D3 college level here at Dickinson. Now we're doing the reverse. We're finding an athlete, picking an athlete on campus that we think could coach their team or another team, if that's also an option on campus right now. So I I guess I'm going to kick it to Dom first. I want to hear what he's got to say. I knew he had a couple options he was thinking about.
2: Yeah, so I had I thought we were doing a top five for this, so I was I was struggling. (laughs) Uh, I put a lot of effort into that and I I only, I didn't even come up with five. Um, You can give your
0: honorable mentions too, so it's fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will. um, The one who I decided to go with is actually a one of, was one of our guests was the previous guest on the show. uh, And that is women's basketball member, Claudia Myra. And I chose Claudia just because she has had a very successful career at Dickinson. And there's a lot of those people who you can point to and say they had a great career, but, you don't you you don't think they would make a great coach like they were good at they knew their position or like they were just an incredible athlete but you know she's kind of has a mix of both she was a very good athlete uh she's seen watching her the past couple of years uh she was quick to you know help her teammates out pick them up uh you know point out different uh, weaknesses in the defense or or bring everybody together on a timeout so a lot of those things I saw from Claudia, I think she would make a pretty good coach. So yeah, she was the one who I decided to go with.
1: Yeah. I actually also thought of, um, <clears throat> I thought of Claudia, but she didn't, she didn't make the cut. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't get this guy out of my head and he's one of my teammates actually. His name's Chris Del Sandro. Um, there's, I honestly, one of the best leaders uh, or captains that I've ever had on uh, on a team, he is loud and in charge all the time. He's a great guy, and um, he's a four-year starter as well. He's great at his position. He's a catcher. Catcher is also the general of the baseball field. Uh, so it's a, uh, he, he's already got those leadership qualities, and I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anybody that could coach baseball better, better than him right now um, coming, out of, coming out of college. Uh, we had actually – I don't know if you guys remember. We had a, um, at my freshman year, uh, Austin Morgan, um, who is also a um, very, very coach personality. He's actually coaching now at Widener. Um, as, as an assistant coach and he is an legend. absolute legend and he's now coaching uh, college baseball. So that was actually the first guy I thought of. Um, but I was like, wait a minute, he graduated, but he was always, cute. he was just, yeah, yeah he was just always that coach.
2: Show. We got to get him on the show. We got, Yeah. Get that's him
1: actually a great call. Yeah. We should definitely get him on the do show. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, Tiff, um, Tiff is going to be, I, we call him Tiff. His name's Chris Del Sandro. Tiff is um, he's, he's the man. He, he's a guy that could definitely coach baseball
0: yeah no he was he was my backup option had i not uh had had someone already he Mm -hmm. he's someone during the broadcast too like you can just see it like he's in control he's always in the game and it's Mm -hmm. unless he's catching about both games of the doubleheader it's impossible to get a ball by him i don't care where the breaking ball is going it's impossible to get it by him
1: Mm -hmm. uh
0: so i'm actually going with someone who's not playing this semester but someone who actually got a chance to broadcast with from for remotely and just got to pick her brain about lacrosse about women's lacrosse and I've met very few people who are as like articulate about the sport they play as Drew Yeager, just from getting to talk to her over the broadcast. She did, uh, I want to say it was Gettysburg and Franklin and Marshall with uh, Clayton and I, and she was just very, and she was watching it, don't get me at 20 seconds behind, you know, the action that was happening and trying to broadcast it. And she was able to, you know, stay on top of it, you know, give us good insight. And we would direct questions to her based on what we saw as she was catching up. But she was incredible, d- very articulate about what she's talking about, and I-, I think she could definitely, you know, coach women's lacrosse and possibly even men's lacrosse because she knew enough about both and the differences mm-hmm. between the sports. So, uh, def- definitely would have to go with her. That's
2: cool. Yeah, my yeah, and so I'll give a quick honorable mention. My uh, my honorable mention is actually someone who graduated last year, who I played with for a couple years, uh, Jordan Hollander. He graduated in last year and him and I played the same position. So I learned a lot from him and he was a guy who always knew what he was doing. He was always in the right position. He wasn't the greatest. He was a very good athlete, like really good athlete, but he wasn't the greatest athlete on the field, but he always knew where he was supposed to be. And he studied film and he studied the playbook and he knew not only what he was doing, but he knew what the corner was doing. He knew what the safety was doing. He knew what the end was doing. He knew what the other linebacker was doing and he could call out plays before they're about to happen. So he was and he, I think he's an assistant coach for a high school team now as well, but uh, he was a guy who definitely, definitely could be a coach.
0: Absolutely. Um, but I guess that any other honorable mentions, Dom, I know you had a couple ideas Um, No,
2: that's, that's it. Yeah. That's cool. all right. I'm all good as well.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think that'll do it for us for new episode here. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you again to Erica coming on, but uh, as always roll devs.